Hey, welcome to Talking in Stations. It's Matterall. I uh, am running a bit late for some reasons, and uh, I still have some reasons that are going to pull me away. So um, what I'm going to do is introduce uh, a couple guys that are going to hang out with you while I talk about EVE Online, and I'll make it back as soon as I can. Uh, so with me today is Nick Bison. How are you doing, Nick? Doing good. Glad to be here. All right. Nick's an industrialist. Uh, high sec, right? Yep, definitely there. Yeah. And also with us is uh, Zhao. Did I say it wrong? Hi. Shen. Yeah. Shen, yeah. Hi, everyone. All right. Uh, listen, guys, can you take over for a second? I've got to tend to something that's urgent, and I'll be back as soon as I can. Yeah, not a problem. Okay. All right. Hey, this is Nick, and Shen's obviously here. Uh, there's a little bit of happenings down south, it appears in the uh in delve region specifically i believe it was uh three tack d if i got that right uh chin yep so this three tack d the system that's that's connected with the jump bridge to one dq um so Papi today Papi today dropped two asbels uh in there and had a pretty big skirmish in there with the Imperium. So no, in total, I, in it's about like a hundred billion, I think, lost in values from both sides combined together. Now I heard they had another Asbel that was uh, finishing anchoring. Was that what the initial fight was over, or kind of how'd that morph? Uh, I wasn't actually in the fight, but what I heard is they have two Asbels right now online uh, in three tac D. Okay, so that, yeah. that, that'll be the jumping point for uh, for that, that'll be the tethering point for like a lot of future ops that uh, that Papi would do in the constellation of one DQ. Oh, that's going to cause if they get a good foothold in there, a couple of anchored structures, uh, you know, get past the anchoring and get cored and defended. That could change some of the dynamic. It's still a heck of a mountain to climb in that constellation. Uh, Imperium has. A lot of solid forces right there nearby, so it could be could be the you know the shape of how this may move you know very slowly you know one step at a time keep plugging away, kind of like they did on a getting the initial keep stars into delve, but in this case a smaller steps with smaller structures just to get started. Uh, I also heard that uh, both uh, Army of Mango and Frat were involved there together. Is that, uh, is that accurate? Yep. Uh, we, both of the alliances were there. Uh, we're, we're still peaceful in Delph. Uh, we don't shoot each other in Delph, supposedly. Um, but there sometimes there will be misfires. But uh, we, like on the surface, we're not allowed to shoot each other. But outside of the war zone, it's free engagement. So we're kind of like the friendlies to each other right now uh, with AOM and Fraternity. But I, I think that I find that so intriguing and actually pretty cool that outside of Delve, you'll go ahead and take shots at each other wherever you can. As soon as you step inside Delve, it's like, okay, we have a common goal or a common enemy. And that's kind of a neat, interesting gameplay. It's got to be headaches for the FCs, though, to keep it straight. Yeah, well, we, that's why I see some like misfires to each other, on each other's side. But it's, it's definitely neat. Um, it's a unique experience. Like I was, uh, I never thought I would get on the same kill mill as fraternity, right? So anything that happened. And that's yeah, that, that's wild. That, that's, but at the same time, pretty cool. I mean, you don't you don't see that happening terribly often. Okay, I'm back. Uh oh, we have Mr. Matterall is back. He's as he gets his uh, headphones squared away. I'm gonna shut the heck up. No, no, keep going, and uh, we'll. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were just kind of reviewing, uh, you know, the couple of Asbels, uh either anchored or anchoring in the th uh, three tack D, trying to get that foothold in the constellation. Mentioned that uh, you know both AOM and Frat inside Delve try not to shoot each other, and when they're outside, different ball game. So this is kind of interesting, you know, especially. I've kind of made the analogy, and you may want to correct it. Um, 
you know, by, by going with the smaller structures, you know, one at a time, get that foothold in, actually reminds me of a smaller scale of trying to get that first keep star into Delve. Yeah, who's fighting this, yeah, uh, this arena? Is it um, Ashton and is it everybody or is it a select group? It's definitely everybody. <laughs> if, uh, on the battle report, you can see basically all the major alliances are, are on like Bastion Initiative, Goonswarm, and Ranger Regiments. They're all on the uh, Imperium side, and on the other side, Pandemic Horde, Test, Fraternity, uh, NC, and Brave, all those uh, Papi guys. Wow. I was kind of curious if, you know, while they're trying to put something in 3TAC-D, uh, you know, from the Quirious entry, are they doing any, when I say they, are the, is the Pappy forces doing any poking from the T5Z into dire 1DQ directly just to kind of, basically kind of keep them honest, you know? It's like, hey, we don't wanna, might not want to completely walk away from 1DQ and head to 3TAC-D because we're right here too. Yeah, right now definitely pressure pressure on all sides um, on, on the constellation, trying our, everything we can, <laughs> dropping ads bells first, maybe some bigger structure in the future, just like when we first started in NPC Delve. Okay. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about was uh, when you talk about this scale and this number of pilots, um, it's real easy for one or two pilots to kind of disappear, you know, from when you're talking a thousand players in the system or a thousand pilots. Yeah. There could be very well cloaky people now in just about every system inside that constellation, you know, from the Pappy side as eyes and ears. So that in addition to gaining a foothold, they can also start planting people probably already have, I'm probably a week behind on that. Yeah. Just one interesting note on that, which is, uh, even though there are about like a thousand five hundred people um, in that one system when when the fight occurred, uh, there was there wasn't a huge tie dye, which is surprising with uh, the, some of the performance that we've seen recently. Uh, it's, it's very nice today that um, little to no tie dye in three tag D when the fight happened. Hmm. Okay, what system was that? Uh, three tag D oh, and. Okay. QT. Oh well, that's the okay, okay. So I'm catching up to you now. Isn't that that's Delve, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. final const er, the final constellation. I almost said final countdown. Never mind <laughs> the whole song. Yeah, I knew where you were. Uh, let's go to I have ownership. That's the easiest way to see you know the dividing lines. But uh, for anybody that um, doesn't know, I think most of our fans do the. Area is here, and the fight took place here. And you'll notice, by the way, you know, fancy drawing tools. Let me make this bigger. That this is some about 1DQ. I think I pointed this out before, but I'll, I'll do it again. We're in Delve. This is 1DQ, and here is the. Let me give that a different color. We'll give it red for stop. That is, that is the capital of the Imperium. And you'll notice that it uh, links uh, to two systems, uh, links to all these three, and this one here as well. So what that does is uh, it isolates those because you can't really go into these systems without going through 1DQ. That is not true for these. Right, so we're talking about sweeping up into here and here uh, from Aquarius without ever having to go through 1DQ. And that's why you're seeing these two attacked uh, early on. Yeah, a lot of times what you see is uh, we have a jump, uh, jump gate from T5Z to E-TAC-V. And what we do is we do a skirmish in 3-TAC-D and then we run back gate by gate from uh, NTAC 8 and 1DQ and then T5Z. So that's like a small round uh, skirmish that we often do. Where's that gate from? Uh, that, start, uh, that jump gate is T5Z to 
Oh, okay. The yeah. Yeah, they can't see. Uh... Okay, so they, so uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So they're basically going um, from Delve to here, and then from here and in, back into Delve. So uh, this system, which I will move us back into. This is probably the best way to, to look at it, but you essentially have a jump gate that goes like this. And that's yeah, it's super more visual simple. on the on the Delft side. Yeah. I'm using my mouse. I'm going to go buy a pen or something to make this a little bit easier. I'm... You're doing remarkably good for a mouse, <laughs> but when I do that, it's yeah real bad. There was one, uh, uh, what's he, Millie Trinic Trooper, I got, I'm sorry, I'm butchering your name in chat, uh, makes some remark. It says, uh, but you guys are not considering the massive YOLO op in Pochman, um and or possibly in a quiet space. Dude, if you could add a little line or two on yeah we're we're tracking that because that's news to us here we're tracking that we'll, we'll go to that next uh but uh in war news though uh three tac d i heard something about the initiative restaging do you guys know anything about where initiative's going not at the moment yeah let me let me double check oh okay oh, clear that um i'll have to double check some notes from uh source but let me just see. Yeah, here it is. So three Asbells and one. Here's here's I think what we're supposed to be looking at. This is the battle that uh, took place today, I believe. Um, let's do about seventeen hundred to two thousand. And uh, let's see. But big, I did hear. Big tuna. I'm sorry for interrupting. Big tuna just dropped. Uh, mentioned that. Uh, believes in it were staging back to 1dq earlier today three tack d i think is where they're going i think uh let's see major fights uh let's let, here here's a little thing i think this is from the pappy side of things i'm not sure it says uh, we fought in 1dq and three tack d twice um again this is from the pappy perspective goons only managed to bring two hack fleets and uh an attempt at a third. They had carriers and supers. Uh, this is from their words. Too scared to commit capitals off tether in a Sinojam system. Uh, the bastion of the 1DQ constellation is crumbling. Uh, we ref two more pauses and drop two Asbels. The cherry on top, we smash them in the battle report. Okay, so again, those are the words of Pappy uh, people. That's not a spy, that's some kind of ping. And I think what's going on is that they're securing some objectives, but also the cherry on top is they're also winning some battle reports, uh, which probably not the big deal. The big deal or that, that slow progress into 1DQ Constellation is what they're looking for. I think we expected for a while, the first few weeks would be a lot of really good fights, full fights, uh, people putting up fierce resistance from the Imperium. And, uh, you know, high level of commitment from Pappy. And there would be a lot of testing and a lot of shoving back and forth, basically, but not much progress. That was kind of what we were expecting looking at it because there's just uh, really formidable defenses inside of that 1DQ uh, constellation. So if Pappy is starting to make a little bit of progress here and there, they're definitely writing that down and saying, okay, guys, we're moving forward. Um, but the more that Imperium can frustrate them and uh, take away their victories or roll back whatever progress they make, the the longer they can do that, the possibility is that Pappy will get frustrated, tired, or just not see that things are going very well. They'll have to change their plan or possibly uh, give up on the war. Yeah, uh, as far as frustrating uh, Pappy, uh, DJ Robin reported that, uh, you know, been quite a few Titans have been seen moot docking up in the three tack D. So, you know, get them closer to the field. Don't have to bridge them or jump them in. Not, not a bad move on the Imperium side. Yeah. This is footage from Ron USMC. We see, uh, oop, Titan bumps, but, uh, you're seeing super capitals, Titans, uh, and super carriers arriving in three tack D. 
not sure if that's a restaging or if they if they were jumping there for a different reason. Uh, I don't know if they're going coming back to 1DQ or if they're going to start in uh, 3TAC-D. I thought uh, they were going to restage the 3TAC-D to kind of bolster the defense. That's the case. It might be interesting to have a full-time defensive group in that system. Yeah, I wanted to know... Kind of makes sense. Go ahead, Chen. Yeah. Sorry. I wanted to know with the Titans, uh, it's the lens, uh, Doomsday on them. That's going to be very effective on the gates. Uh, and the rapier um, when defending certain structures and to wipe out entire subcapital fleet. Uh, that's right. a ta tactic that, uh, that people often use in Serenity, at least uh, when we have a like, huge um, supercapital force that the other side uh, doesn't have on grid, uh, use uh, lenses on the gate to wipe out the, the fleet. Because you, off you just come out as a ball uh, out of the gate. You're surrounded uh, surround the gate at like 12 kilometer. And that's really easy with uh, with your lens. Mm, yeah, that makes sense on a defensive footing. That's that's pretty good. I wonder if if it's true that in it is going back to three tac D or even one DQ is that offensive um, campaign over in slice territory over because uh, they did get thwarted when they were trying to put down some staging uh, structures and uh, they got that pushed back. Was that, out, that was out in Great Wildlands, correct? Well, they were staging, I believe, in Great Wildlands. Uh, let's go look at that. And that would have been on the border. Oops. I guess the reason I asked that is, uh, yeah, they can, in it, folks could jump clone back in a heartbeat, um, but they're not bringing any heavy assets back in. Uh, it'd be pretty hard to get into that Delve constellation with any assets at this point. Yeah, I think they were trying to attack uh, Slice. So let's see where Slice is. That's Pirates. Uh, that's probably... There they are. It's a relatively big group. Uh, and they are, yeah, Ethereum Reach. I was going to guess that, but I thought twice of it. So here's Slice in purple. They own a ton of it. Uh, but it, it is on the border of... There's Great Wildlands right here. Just zoom into that. So yeah, so they were, uh, the initiative were coming to Great Wildlands. Let's see if I can grab that for you. They were going to stage there and uh, try to do what they did with uh, other space and legacy and uh, just kind of uh, harass the area. So you can see they would have had all these targets. Uh, wrecked is, of course, Horde. So this whole area would have been up for grabs. But uh, there was just uh, too much resistance uh, coming in and getting a beachhead. So if they had to return back to 3-TAC-D, this is a clear momentum switch from uh, going on the offensive and that being cheered just last week to to now reversing themselves. And, you know, for and to, in its defense, they are some really good counter punchers. You know, they jump out there, cause some havoc, pull back. I don't know if that's really a, um, a setback for them or if that's, we accomplished what we wanted to do. We caused havoc over here, took some of the focus away from Delve. Now we'll head back for a little bit, you know, for a little Delve defense. I would not be surprised at all to see in it back out in some deep pappy area causing havoc in the next two weeks. Well, I wish I could see some kind of logic to it, but I don't. I I don't think they accomplish much going east. Mm, and I think the evidence is that they went oh they went east, Pappy defended east, Pappy went into three TAC D and uh did a variety of things today that uh seemed to be good for them. So it just doesn't seem like that worked. But I, I think if, if, I could, if there was some evidence of going over there and keeping them over there and nothing happening in the Delve area, then that's some evidence you could look at to say, hmm, maybe this is a good idea to keep people busy in other places, keep them off balance, or even going back and forth, that adding to fatigue or something where people have to uh, clone jump and sometimes they get stuck because their timer's not out or 
anything that has some kind of strategic uh, logic to it would be interesting. But it just looks like they went over there. They couldn't put down uh, an attack um, forward operating base. And uh, they came back to defend today. So I don't know. We'll have to find out a bit more about this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not as well, full disclosure. Everybody knows I'm not an Imperium type or a uh, fan, but I don't want to count these in it guys out. I got a, a lot of respect for what I've seen them do for a number of years now. So yeah, like I said, don't want to count these guys out. Right. Okay. Uh, anything else in this war zone you guys have? Uh, no, uh, did just, you have? Oh, sorry, Shannon. I mean, it's, it's just future. I think in the future will be uh, a lot easier, at least for now, for tethering in three tactic when you have uh, two Azabels to tether up. Yeah, let's talk about that. What's the significance of putting down Azabels? Why are those first? So the Azabel. So if you look at the model of Azabel, he has a really uh, long length at um, from one side to the other, which gives. Uh, a, a, a wide range for a fleet to tether so you don't bump off each other. And uh, people often choose between an ad spell and a, a Fortizar. Uh, the reason why they choose an ad spell instead of a Fortizar is the ad spell is like uh, half the price of a Fortizar. So even if you lose it, it's not that much in cost compared to the Fort. And, uh, you get a, and if you get you know an ad spell in there, that means you don't have to leave the system, um, you know, to come back and do another fight. You can dock up right there. And that just brings a little bit of a foothold for them. Yeah, wow. it, this is kind of similar tactic when uh, when, uh, when the M2 fight happened and Papi were trying to break into uh, M2 to, uh, to, to restart their, to, to regain their foothold in M2. To, for the iHubs and the, uh, and the control of the system. Right. So is that wider than a, an Astro House, for instance? I know these are cheaper, but is it wider? Yeah, it's definitely wider than an Astro oh. House. That's a really yeah, good point I hadn't thought than, of. Uh, cheaper than a Force Star. Yeah. So you put down a structure that you can tether on because really that's what you're looking for is the ability to tether and re reduce, you know, you're immune of, to damage, but you also get to uh, re-energize and get capacitor. So tethering, if you can do it on this uh, engineering complex, as well as you could on any other structure like an Astro House, why not? They're cheaper. But I like the idea that they're wider. I hadn't thought of that. And what was the advantage yeah. to that? You can spread out more? Yes, but it's, uh, for subcapitals, I don't think it matters that much. But in the future, when you can bring, let's say, Titans for tethering, for, for, for bridging, or for or like some other capital ships, there's a high chance they're going to bump off each other, especially during the initial signal int. Um, but if you have a big structure or like a wider structure, more space for people to, uh, to tether, that would be really helpful. Yeah, a little bit more security. Panic Fires also mentions it can fit a PDS. I didn't know that. So uh, good catch, bud. A PDS is a point defense system, which is... Uh, is it, it, the way it functions in the game is kind of like a smart bomb. It's like a radius of effect. Uh, but the way it looks in the game, it looks awesome. It looks like uh, uh, turrets, thousands of little turrets just shooting into space, uh, blasting every little ship around them. And it does damage, I believe it damages everybody's not tethered around the structure. So, uh, and, it, and it's pretty, it's got a pretty good bite. I think it takes out little ships pretty well. And, but it has yeah, a limited range. Kind of one shot all the small frigates. So within like twenty kilometer radius, I think it depends on the rigs, and and the uh, tech of the point defense system, like their T one and T T two ones. Uh, so you, you don't want to be within the range uh, when the PDS is, is uh, has started. That's especially true with the faction forty stars, where they have the special rigs in them which can extend the range for those uh, PDS to like 38 or something, something wow. like that. It depends on the rigs and the tech again. Wow, 38K radius around a structure, full smart bomb effect. That sounds like a lot. 
Um, yeah, and other than smart bomb, you can it shoots out like every single second. It's not like smart bomb where you have to you have the duration. Uh, you have to one round the other. Oh, that's a good point too. Okay, so the Asbells Asbells did not online. They were what anchored. Yeah, I think they. Okay, uh, guys said they they should. Uh, so finish the anchoring process tomorrow. That means you got to quorum and then defend it for fifteen minutes to take advantage. Uh, what was his name? Uh, one one of the folks in there, I think it was DJ Robin, said, "You know, poor man's fort, and it'll then keep your distance. It's going to die anyway." Yeah, I think they happy fully expects. You know, they're not going to get the first one in. They're not going to get the second, not the third. You know, they're going to keep plugging away. It is appears to be part of their plan oh so uh keep your distance there says both cores were stolen also nice uh i didn't know that that's uh, news to me good good on imperium if they stole a couple of cores although these aren't going to be the expensive ones but still these are cores uh also, i like that both cores were stolen that yeah, is just funny. freaking awesome so tomorrow, because uh, once you put down and anchor a structure, it takes 24 hours for it to online, and then you have to fight over it, you know, 24 hours later. So I think in about, uh, when did these go down? It's about 12 to 20 hours, there should be another big fight this weekend uh, over the survival of that Asbel. We presume there will be a big fight. There may not be. Most interesting. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Unfortunately, I'm working tomorrow, so I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's look at something else that happened today. Maybe you guys know about this. Uh, uh, Sturblog. Sturblog is a group inside of Poshman, right? Uh, they have a block, uh, more or less now, cooperating with uh, Goonswarm and the Imperium. Uh, I don't think they're... They are blue to one another. Don't know if their standings are set at plus 5 or plus 10. Um, but they are friendly with one another. I think they have the same purpose. And Strybog uh, was trying to establish a major Triglavian alliance in Pakvin. Uh, a lot of Pakvin natives are now cooperating. I think what this news brief is saying is that, that they're starting to look like some kind of uh, Pakvin coalition forming or Maybe too early to tell. There's a few things going on as far as coalitions go, and people are, I think, right now testing out their diplomatic options and trying to make, um, trying to open communication channels with different people, not only in Poshman, but also in Losec. And uh, the, I think what people are doing is kind of preparing for the versatility that they might need in the future. And uh, Poshman is definitely a place where people are going to want to go into. It's, uh, where you get materials to build uh, the Triglavian ships, uh, so you're gonna need you're gonna need to have some kind of resources in there. It's also a good place to make money. Yeah, the economic opportunity I think is really untapped. A lot of folks probably seeing the beginnings of it right now. Some folks are probably taking good advantage of it. So sure, um, yeah. Uh, it's talking to somebody. Won't say who. They're making a trillion, maybe a trillion per week but uh i, I think really that, that might be too long <laughs> no 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 uh, it was a billion per i think it was god i have to look i think it's a billion per, it was a big number but i don't think it was a trillion i think it might have been a, a billion sounds way too small so uh just an interesting note i guess uh which is a trickling material to build the t2 ships which is something uh, that the Pachun exports as their main loot uh, when they uh, when they do the exports. But one of them is called the zero point few manipulator. That's uh, the most expensive components for T two triglavian ships right now. So that thing spiked from um, earlier. So before Pachun came along, it was around like uh, two hundred fifty thousand uh, one piece, and right now the highest is being spelled. Uh, 700k and recently what, what we have seen is uh, the price has dropped since uh, the the change has or were implemented uh, right now the price is around 600k so this may be a sign of uh, the t2 trickle ships can be more accessible uh, to everyone else because right now it turns out it's about 800 to 900 million 
has it yeah shoot i think i got a few of those right before uh the changes probably not the best investment let me see if i can bring up the market i can look at the market and see if there's anything going on that's interesting by the way yeah, so most of the t1 trick living ships uh their material so they so uh right now they are kind of kind of as a faction ship where they need the new materials the uh pi and the uh gas products but before the change it was minerals plus uh the triglavian material which is the uh, zero point condensate and the crystalline isogen 10 which both of them came from uh comes from uh, Abyssal Dead Space. Sorry, one second, my sound is up. I need to kill that sound, one second. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so so since most of the T1 materials from, are from the Abyssal Dead Space, which has no effects on the market when Pochman became Pochman, essentially, but the T2 materials came from uh, uh, minor conduits or major conduits in known space before the parchment change. So right now, all the conduits went away uh, and they become the combat sites inside of parchment. So they, uh, that uh, put, put down, uh, has put on a lot of barriers to a lot of people um, to, to access those materials that's why it's getting more and more expensive as we see yeah is that an icky we're looking at right there yeah, that was icky tersa went up slightly i think in the if you yeah, if you look at the this. material so an icky tersa uh so i think it's uh i think it's a amar uh amar research chip so it requires a marty 2 material plus all, all the other um Triglavian T2 material, but the zero-point uh, field manipulator is the one that's the most expensive uh, out of all of them. Hmm. Well, the Kikamori has gone up rather a lot. Yeah, that's because of the industrial change that happened hmm. uh, this week. Yeah, let's see, it got bought up. Well, that's quite the jump in price there. Yeah. All right, let's take some... Let's take a stroll. Thanks for that. Let's take a stroll. Uh, we always start out with the Plex because Plex is like gold. Uh, I did see that recovery. Did you notice that recovery after a long downturn? Uh, it seemed to scoop up after production changes. I really couldn't make sense of that. Uh, and then it's now uh, dipped back and stabilized again. So I think that's kind of a new normal for a while. These, these things offset each other. And I don't know if that was to do with sales because there were some promotional sales that went out and stuff. So um, what happens during a sale is that people will buy like a package and they want the SP out of the package and they get a handful of Plex and they don't really want the Plex. So they just kind of dump that on the market. So you have uh, you know an influx of a bunch of Plex. That'll drive the price down. Um, but I don't know what drove it up, if there was some demand, but it does seem to coincide with the production changes. Um, I think also... Yeah, if you look ahead. at the timeline, like my uh, analysis on that is, um, is because a lot of people who have who has a lot of industrial out that's, uh, that, has the, that has the skills for a lot of production lines and skills for, let's say, capital shipbuilding or something like that, uh, they just leave them to alpha, uh, basically not subscribed. And when the industrial change hit, uh, when the death block came out, people started to realize, oh, we need those outs right now for this month, at least, to start to cramping in as many um, components for capital ships or as as many ships as we can. So that's, I think, people, like a lot of industrialists starting to buy Plex to Plex up their out. And later on in the month, when... Uh, when the market stabilized, they saying, oh, this is just for, for a month. And when we know, so around the time where the peak started going down, I think that's when the when the blueprints are implemented and uh, it was assured basically that a couple of weeks after that, uh, the change will be actually implemented. And that's when the Plex market started to go down. Um, that's my read on it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good as any. 
uh, yeah, I think that the demand on on Plex due to alts, having alts, alt accounts so you could do multiple things uh, will drive uh, the demand for Plex so that people don't spend actual money on their on their actual uh, alts so they give them more gameplay. Uh, it's, a, it's a funny little recipe there of, of things. Uh, as people put away alts because they don't need them, Plex prices um, sink because nobody's putting demand on it. But again, as people are looking at, oh, I need new harvesters for this new patch, then maybe you see a buy-up of Plex and skill injectors so that they can get people into shape to be able to, to alt the accounts they need for certain things. Game of alts, terrible thing. All right, um, let's see. Is there any other place to look that might be interesting? I did want to check something because, you know, uh, let's go to ARC. These are jump freighters. Go to all of them. I gambled that the price was going to go up. I use myself as an example. I'm not some kind of rich trader, but just as an example of uh, where things going. And I think that I think that paid off, even though it was. Yeah, every one of these jump freighters has gone up in price. They have stabilized. Oh, I, can't, I can't quite. I can't quite see that. How much has that jumped up? Well, it's gone from you know I was buying it like. 8.6, 8.7 to about uh, 13. So about good 35, 40%. Wow, that's huge. That's, that's great. Yeah, what's nice about those big purchases, they're gambles, but when you do a big purchase, you end up, uh, you know, you make 5 billion on every one of these instead of 200 million where you have to do 50, 60 of them. Let's go at something else that we advised people to look into, and that was battleships that were faction or even navy. But we'll start with uh, um, uh, Dominic's navy issue. Yeah, those are the wrong faction. Oh no, it's not. It's Galente, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Plus, that's well, one of the more popular oh, that's mission boats. I'm in the wrong place. That's why. Uh, like one thing interesting on the market uh, for. Pirate Battleship is the Barghast. Uh, it's sold out completely. Let's start there. Uh, well, I see Bard Ghosts, Bard Guests on the market. But they're a lot. A whole lot. They always were. These things used to sit at 500 million. Wait, yeah. Well, like, I think a couple of days ago, it's from then. I don't know. Well, whoever yeah. reset the price reset it way high. Yeah. Let's look at this. You'll see a giant jump. Yeah, to basically about 1.5. Uh, well, the ones on the market now are selling for 1.7, which means whoever reset the market, which is what you saw, you saw somebody buy everything off the market and then bring everything back. They, they went up uh, 200 million on these battleships. So they're gambling that people will want to pay for those. Uh, materials seem to have stabilized, uh, but higher, right? So people were buying them about half a billion each, 500 million. Now they're going for about eight hundred million. That's just such a great return on investment. Uh, just a note on the Macari as well, I think, uh, which is you see a lot of uh, legacy uh, alliances leaving uh, Angel Space, uh, which means that all of the production of Macari blueprints, uh, the production of Macari blueprints are going down, you know, in some ways, and the people oh. who are occupying. Those space, uh, they don't really rat in them. If you look at their ratting numbers, like in RC space and in some other space like Omnis and Faithabolis, a lot of places are not being used for ratting at all. So yeah. that means low amount of uh, production. For I'm sure there's tons of stockpiles for material, space. but you may be right in the long term. The other thing I thought is if the production cost for a material is so high, does that mean the blueprint cost is going to drop? Um, it depends, I, I think, on, uh, I, I think it depends on where things start to settle out because you start comparing one faction battleship to another and you're saying, why am I paying so much for a material when this other one is so much less? And you start saying, you know what, we just can't do material. Let's do something else. Um, there's definitely money will enter into the equation on should we use this ship or not at some point. So if they get really high, I wonder if there'll be a natural 
there's two things that can happen. There's a safety valve where people buy the ship. They don't make the ship. They don't uh, buy the blueprint. Uh, they don't do any of that. They actually just buy it off the market, off the uh, LP market. And and that means, I mean, there's a lot of things going on here, but if I can do enough missions for a faction and accumulate enough loyalty points, and that's easy for me and fun, then I have a big pot of uh, cash at the loyalty point store for that faction. I'm going to buy a battleship with that uh, because it's just cheaper than buying a really expensive blueprint for, you know, 400 million and then building the ship for another billion. Um, you know, it may be much cheaper just to get the LP and to get the battleship, but that's got to balance out over time. There are stockpiles. People are probably letting stuff go cheaper than usual because they're still making profit themselves, but whoever's buying is buying at a price that's not quite as heated as it might get later on. So there's just a lot to, these things are going to take months and months to settle out. In fact, Macarial, I think it might take at least six months to a year to settle out. There's just so many uh, stockpiles of Macarial blueprints and stuff. So I wondered about that. But uh, let's look at the Nightmare. That's what we're looking at now. That took a big jump from about uh, 650 million to 1 billion. Remember we said these faction battleships are going to go to a billion at least they might go a little under, but that's going to happen later when there's more supply right now. They're definitely sitting at 1 billion and above. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Hey, you awesome. start Thanks getting popped and then Thanks for the hype train. as they get harder to replace, I can see it hitting and staying in around a billion. I think that's where we predicted. Actually, we predicted one to 1.2. That's just build cost if all things stay the same, which they won't. We, we'll probably see some softening of materials to build these things. But that was without the blueprint. The blueprint themselves used to go for 400, well, anywhere from 200 to 400 million. So you have to put that on top if you're going to buy the blueprint from somebody else. And, and then the 10% tax if you're building it in Jita, and it just starts to add up. So... After a while, it, it just makes may make sense to prepare to pay $1.2 billion for these things or look into the LP store, see if you can get it cheaper that way. Thanks for all the cheers and, and subs, uh, Sawyer. Appreciate that. Okay, let's look I at... Think, oh, go ahead. Uh, there, are two time, there are two times that, uh, that LP will come into this equation. Uh, first one is... When the price, when the blueprints, the rarity of the blueprints is uh, is 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 rare enough uh, for the LP to be worth to just grab the blueprint and then build it with the materials. Right. And the second time comes in is if the material cost is too high, if if just using the LP to exchange the actual ship is worth worth it or not. It all depends on the market, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, there's a lot of variables here, aren't there? I think there was one yeah, time... Yeah, especially with faction. Yeah, faction. Trips. Even before these changes, right? Even before these changes, there was a decision that had to be made because um, you can just tell if you're watching the game if, as much as we are and you see CSM complaining about faction battleship being too cheap and you see players saying it's materials online and you just start to see the pressure mounting to do something about these pirate battleships... And I thought, well, something's going to happen to those pirate battleships. They've got to go up. They're even cheaper than the Navy issue, the Navy issues from the empires. And it shouldn't be that way. Pirates should be more expensive than the Navy issue. Um, and with some exceptions, of course. Uh, but so you kind of see like, well, the writing's on the wall. They're going to do something about those pirate battleships. So I bought up a ton. Just every day I would just buy up a ton of uh, pirate battleship blueprints. And then the decision had to be made. Do I build these things or do I hold on to them? Do they become more valuable after CCP moves on them and, you know, uh, nerfs them or whatever? Uh, or, or does the building cost go up, therefore uh, making the blueprint actually cheaper? Uh, so I, I didn't actually know which way to proceed uh, Luckily, CCP did move on increasing the price of the faction battleship and said the uh, the materials to build it are going to go up and we're also going to tweak their drop rate. Uh, so actually, both things were true. 
so at that point, I just started to build as quickly as possible because they gave about a two-week um, indication uh, that this is going to change. So they didn't surprise everybody and change it one day to the next. So once they said, we're going to make material costs go up on this faction battleship, that was the cue to start building the heck out of them so that you could capture that low price. Wow, thank you very much. Uh, who was that? Race Racer 2? Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Wow. Thank you. Um, he just gave everybody a bunch of subs, so... Thanks for doing that. Yeah, so the point is, it, it, there's pressure on uh, multiple fronts for all these things. And you kind of have to watch them all and try to figure out, like, where should where's the investment, the best investment? Should I hold or should I uh, sell? And, of course, that's, that's what experienced gameplay gets you. And uh, over time, you'll figure out what to do on these things. Now... This last one, this last major change to production and the complete override of ingredients that go into faction battleships was an easy one to spot. They gave us a month. They said what they were going to do. And so every faction battleship was going to cost more to build. At that point, you knew, and this is one of these, uh, what I call a tidal wave. It's not like a wave that's big. It's not a big monster wave that comes and washes everything out. But then things return back to normal, the normal level. This was a tidal wave. It was a tidal shift, which means that this giant wall of water is coming at you. It's going to hit you, but it's going to reset what the new normal is. And, and those are great opportunities to, if you're prepared to, um, to make a profit. And the kinds of things that are tidal waves in this game are, well, like tier sides when they say, you know, we're going to make uh, the T1 cruiser more viable well then if they make the t1 cruiser more viable people are going to buy them and if and in return of making it more viable they're going to actually increase the amount of minerals that it took to build it then you know that that's a permanent change so every every cruiser that is in the market now is cheaper than it will be and every cruiser that is built now will be cheaper than it will be so that's a tidal shift and you want to take advantage of those and so I say all that to, to bring it to this point. A month ago, we heard they were going to change faction battleships. That was a tidal shift. It didn't matter how much it cost to build the faction battleship today. It was going to go up a good 40% in a permanent way, if not even higher. So, so it was a no-brainer to build, 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 build. And a lot of people did. A lot of people took advantage of that. One last thing, I want to check the rattlesnake because that's nice. It's not as uh, ex it's not Didn't as expensive. Saint Dominic's as Navy issue. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll check that one. I bought one of those just out of. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter if I bought it, but uh, I grabbed one just because uh, I love the way that the Dominic's looks these days. Um, the rattlesnake did jump up. It's actually been higher than this, so rattlesnakes, I think, are still still kind of a steal, but they may not be in high use right now, so they're slumping a little bit. Uh, but uh, that rattlesnake has been over a billion on its own before any changes when it was favored uh, to do certain kinds of work in wormholes or in a Triglavian space, I think. So we'll see. I think that raven can go up, but maybe not right now. And finally, let's look at the Navy battleships and dominic's there's just one more point about the pirate battleships mm -hmm. is um, their bpc distribution you have to look at uh, you have to look at the geographics of yeah. those places where uh, for example the sancha region only has three which means that there will be less chances of a nightmare bpc uh, comes out of escalations than there's a material one where angel has like eight regions under their pirate control thing where they are the pirate on for, for the local bells and anomalies. That's such a good point. Look around and see who's farming the uh, areas where these blueprints drop. Is there a good steady group of farmers that are doing the PVE required to get these loot drops? If there is, you'll see what happened to the Balgorn for many years when Imperium was farming all of the south um, west of the map the Balgorn, which usually drops there from Blood Raiders, was plentiful. And so its price was ridiculously low. Where other battleship blueprints were, oh, I don't know, 200 to 400 million, the Balgorn was down to 80 million because there were just too many of them. 
that's an extreme example. But I think you were making the point earlier, Jen, that um, the the new areas where materials drop is an unpacified area and unproven. Like nobody knows how much people. Oh, thanks for that hype train, guys. I don't I don't know what that is, but I, I see a bunch of flashes. So thank you. But the material is in a place that has just been burned down and is just now growing new vegetation. So we don't know what that vegetation is going to do to the place. Are they going to farm rigorously and provide a bunch of those? I don't know. And also on the on that note, the Zhong region, which is some people say there's no Zhong line uh, faction battleships. But what actually happens is in Zhong region, uh, when you have escalation, when you, at the end of them, or you have when you have a faction uh, battleship spawns a faction, uh, I think just a faction battleship, you get something called the Nexus chip, uh, chip for Sisters of Eve, which then you can turn that in one for one for Nestor blueprint, PPC, in the LP store. Uh, okay, Struman or Stroom, we. Uh... Covered in it a bit earlier, and they appear to be back in 3TAC-D or 1DQ. So I, their deployment may be on hold right now. Not sure what their actual status is. We'll find out. But uh, they were seen jumping their super capital fleets into uh, 3TAC-D. All right. Um, yeah, the that definitely falls under developing story to keep an eye on. Yeah. Well... Looking at the Navy issue, I think, and also the Megathron, and let's look at Tempest. Let's look at all these. They just don't have that massive bounce that pirate battleships have, right? And we told you that, too, a few weeks ago. Uh, we said that the, the Navy weren't going to be uh, jumping as high as the pirate battleships. The pirate battleships went up like 40%. These things seem to be going up a good 10 to 20%. So, uh, So that came true. All right, I think that's uh, it's good for market news. I think we're for for not looking at the stuff earlier. Uh, the Hyperion was spiking a bit before; was over five hundred million. Yeah, I wonder what's going on with Hyperion. Oh, the battleship. Oh no, that's the Galante T one battleship. Let's take a look at that. I just haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah, I, you know that was. I think that was misinformation. People talking about uh, Hyperion is a T one, right? And battleships were going to change. Yeah, it used to be a well, yeah, used to be a level three T one, right? Yeah, tier three T one. Yeah, yeah, they used to have uh, so tech. When we say T, we're talking about technology. So tech one is everything that you could just build out of minerals, and to do tech two became more complex on the production side, but it was also a lot more powerful on the uh, use side, use case. So the Hyper but but every T1 family like every Galente is a family or or empire uh, or Amar every T1 battleship class had three different battleships in it and one was more expensive than the other and it was usually a little more powerful so the Hyperion for instance in the Amar the Abaddon is the most powerful battleship they have uh and on, and the Armageddon is the weakest battleship they have, and in the middle is the Apocalypse. But in Galente, in Galente, you have uh, Dominix, which is probably the weakest or the cheapest, and then you have the Megathron, and then you have the Hyperion. And I didn't look at the mineral composition of those stages of battleships for T1, and it may be that more material was required for the Hyperion, like a lot more, than for the other two junior ones that were smaller. Uh, so I think people basically said, oh, we've got to build a bunch of those or we got to buy a bunch of those before they go up in price significantly. But um, I think that's going to come down. That's just the Hyperion. Let's look at the it's, uh, brothers and sister ships here. Yeah, everything and shot up on speculation. And it's basically primary weapon of the uh, Empire and the secondary weapon. So, for example, the Galantia ship, the primary weapon is uh, drones, which you have the Domics, and the secondary weapon is the blasters, which you have it on the Mega Megatron. And there is the third one, which is a special one. Uh, each each empire has a special one. Yeah. All the battleships did go up uh, because uh, theoretically they were going to go up in price too because they had these new ingredients that you needed to put into them. I suspect those prices are going to drop. 
as the market starts to get past this shock, you can see those prices go back down to normal, maybe a little cheaper. Uh, maybe. Uh, depends on the sourcing of the materials that are now required, the PI. Um, the interesting thing to me about all these new ships or ingredients that are required for the ships that uh, you used to build with just minerals, those ingredients, those new ones, have a lot of things drawing on them. So if, you're, if you have a planetary interactive um, material like or product like, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Machines. Oh, I forgot. About mechanical parts. Thank you. Mechanical parts. Yeah, I could see the image. But robotics I forgot what it's is the other one. Yeah. Well, robotics is always good because it was a bottleneck for a lot of different things. So robotics was just like the the cash cow of PI for a long time. It still may be, although water looks like it's the new it's the new hotness in that respect. And water was nothing. Water was a byproduct for a long time. But uh, mechanical parts, for instance, may be used in uh, T1 battleships, so you use a little for that. Or it may be used in, and I'm using this as a fictional example, I don't know if it goes in there. Or it may be used in um, capital ships, where they, you need a lot of that sort of thing. So the point is, there's a lot of different ships now that are drawing on that one resource. And so the demand on that resource isn't just being pulled from one area, it's being pulled from one direction it's being pulled from many directions and and then you have to look at what's hot are people building a lot of amarian capital ships because if that's true maybe that draws a lot more on mechanical parts than if uh the minmitar battleships were in style or capitals were in style so you have to look at what people are flying what the materials are that are that they're drawing from and uh, and see how much demand pressure from different directions is coming into that one item. And then you can figure out if that's going to be a hot item or not. You'll figure it out anyway because the price will go up, right? Shortages will cause prices to go up. But Yeah, and you look at like, you know, the battleship's a great example. Um, Pre-change, threw some minerals in the bucket, stirred it up, bang, you get a battleship. Now you need some R4 information, you know, R4 stuff reacted down you need gas from wormhole and maybe some from high i don't know about that pi and ice so you need a little bit of everything now so it, it's definitely changed the dynamic yeah all right well i think we've gone uh, up over an hour hey ron how's it going we showed your clip earlier of uh initiative um arriving in three tac d I wonder if he uh, knows more than we covered today on that. I'd be interested to know. Nod your head if you do. Shake your head if you don't. All right. Well, uh, we should wrap up, though. Uh, I got to get going. Uh, anything else, Nick? Nick's good, man. You good? Just glad to be here. All right. Good to have you here. Sven? Sven? Called you Sven. Yep. It? Yeah, uh, I think that's all good, except for the, maybe the events. Oh, yeah. uh, one thing, I guess, uh, that's the news, which is uh, right now, every day, you have uh, you have an option to buy a sale uh, in the New Eden store for 18 plex for a skin. And the skin that we have today is the Rodiva uh, Meta, Materia Exotica skin. I'm trying not to... Um, pronounce it wrong but that's my best that's uh, yeah so that's the skin you can see in the as a new Eden store for 18 plaques and it's a new one every day until the 18th or something like that. I think until the 18th starting on the 6th which is yesterday and your diva is actually kind of a rare ship it's a T1 logistic cruiser for trigger avian see if I can track it down Rhodesia was it Rhodiva there they are. Okay, these are for Triglavian ships. Yeah. I can't make that any bigger, so that's as big as it gets. Okay. Uh, yes, interesting. So they're going to have, like, uh, flash sales on these things? Yeah, so only until downtime um, tomorrow. So if you want it, buy it right now. Okay. That's... Limited time offer. Yeah, good to, to know, good to know. All right.
Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for showing up and for all those uh, nice subs that you guys uh, gifted each other. Uh, Aderland, thank you for the cheers. And let's see if I can see. No, oh, this is not wanting to cooperate, unfortunately. There it goes. Uh, Sawyer, yeah, I remember Sawyer and uh, Racer 2K. Uh, and yeah, thanks for the follows, guys. Thanks for the hype train and all that good stuff. Really appreciate that. Uh, okay, so that's all we have time for today. We will see you on Sunday. And uh, stay tuned. I think actually I'm going to send you over to Open Comms. I do want to make one announcement. Uh, next week we're going to have CCP on. We're going to talk about the new quadrant. That was actually going to be the first item um, that I was going to talk about. Where is it? There it was. No, there it is. We're going to talk about foundation with um, some people from CCP. We'll do that on. I uh, haven't decided when to release it. We may actually record it during the day and then just re replay it later on. But it may not be a live. We'll have to figure it out, but we'll tell you. But definitely next week, we're going to talk to CCP about this new quadrant, uh, get you guys hyped up on all the cool stuff that's coming. And, uh, and now, uh, have some fun. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday for the weekend report on Talking In Stations. <laughs>